0: Amen. So blessed to to have, um, it's National Sons Day and I have two son-in-laws that are awesome and a grandson that is super awesome. And it was Daughters Day too and I have two daughters that are incredibly awesome and a granddaughter who's incredibly awesome. And I know you're happy about your kids too, so. <laughs> So we got somebody running our sound. Thank you over there. Let's go to the next slide. Uh, It's our last night, lesson four. Jesus is three and one-half years of ministry. So at the baptism, he turned 30, and he left uh, the temptation of Christ in the wilderness, and that's where we're going to find. Next slide, please. Um, This, remember, we talked about him being all the way in Galilee and Capernaum, all the way back down to Jerusalem, all the way to the... the, um, uh, Jordan in the uh, area of Perea, and uh, and so in Judea, over here the west side of the Jordan, Perea the right side of the Jordan, the Mount of Olives, all of these different places, um, and Jericho, and the woman at the well in Sychar, and Samaria. Uh, and so I gave you a few handouts, and hopefully you can look at that later and take some time to check that out. Did somebody have a, a comment or question I heard? No? Okay. Well, just holler if you have something. But um, in John chapter 2, you see John records six miracles. He didn't take all of them. There's a a host of miracles. Some uh, say 36, 39, 40, 42. Uh, And John also says if we recorded every miracle he did, we wouldn't have enough books in the whole world to record it. I mean, the Lord did a lot. The Lord did a lot. So here's his ministry. starts... In Galilee, in uh, John 2, 1 through 11, uh, if you want to be there, you can be at John chapter 2, 1 through 11. (coughs) No way we're going to cover it all, but we know you understand that. And that's why I gave you the handouts to go back. But um, John chapter 2, uh, on the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. So I'll stop right there. The third day is what I want you to see. The third day. So, so uh, since Jesus left the region of Judea, where John the Baptist was to go, uh, and, and he was and he's going to Galilee. Okay, so now his ministry starts in Galilee. He was away from home now for about two months. During this time, he's baptized by John. He spent forty days in the wilderness, and he had returned to the Jordan to recruit his first disciples from among the disciples of John. I don't know if you remember that or recall that, but we think when he called the disciples, he called all twelve. Lickety split. They all followed him and that was it. So he called them, six of them at least, from the, God, from the disciples that John had. John had a big following and a crowd. There's plenty of pizza and salad over there, guys, if you're just coming in, and some tea and some water and whatever, and some coffee. Um, and so he picks, um, he picks uh, Andrew and Philip and Andrew finds his brother Peter and, uh, and then uh, we have... Nathaniel and John and maybe James, his brother, right? James and John, the sons of Zebedee. So about six. And they follow him to Galilee and they, they, they're with him as Jesus goes into the synagogues. Well, the synagogue was very important. We talked a little bit about it last week. When you're away from Jerusalem in the temple, uh, a Jew who would live in another city far away didn't, couldn't, couldn't go to the temple every day uh, or to, to the house of the Lord, the temple of God. So they would have... If there were ten... Male uh, Jewish males, uh, at least twenty, or married, or something like that. Then they would make a synagogue in that town. And Nazareth, even though a small town, had a, had a synagogue. So Jesus went back to the place of his birth, back to that area of Galilee. He starts teaching, and the people were amazed, amazed at his teaching, and they said he spoke with as one who had authority. And that's going to be the theme of tonight. So there's no way we're going to be able to get into every, uh, every one of the events, but we'll go through it and show you uh, the first miracle the Lord did was the miracle at Cana, to, Cana of Galilee, which we just looked at in John chapter 2. The third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. Both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. So that's the six that we talked about. They calling them disciples, but they they haven't, haven't yet uh, really latched on the way they will later when he says he calls the 12, okay? I just wanted to put that thought there. Jesus attended um, uh, this wedding with his mother and the disciples. Uh, and when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? Why my hour has not yet come? In other words, this has nothing to do with mind your business, mama. And that's not what he said, but he he was just saying, I, I don't think it's my time to reveal who I am and my deity. i just um, just starting the ministry, and so I don't know if it's time. So Mother, uh, Mother Mary didn't really press the issue. She just told the servants that were there that, hey, uh, whatever this man Jesus says to do, whatever my son says to do, do it. Uh, and so she left it at that. The servants were attending the wedding, uh, and they had these big pots. I mean, large pots. Usually they fill that with water because... They would wash feet. They would do all of that, which was customary when somebody come to your house. You know the foot washing Jesus did. So have these big pots of water, and uh, so Jesus told the servants to fill the pots with water, right? And he went ahead and did and did the first miracle recorded, uh, and then uh, you know the story. Uh, John kind of gives us the story, but but um, they draw out some water, uh, some the um, the wine, and the master of the feast. Uh, took it, and the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from. But the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called uh, the bridegroom, and he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior wine. You kept the good wine until now. So this was the beginning of the signs Jesus did at Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. So so you got to know that that Jesus is uh is stepping out and he's becoming popular. He's he's got authority. So I want you to to see he's a man who speaks and lives with divine authority. Next slide, please. Uh let's define kind of that authority because because it's 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 important that we we catch that. The word translated into English as authority is a strong word and and it deepens Uh, The meaning, it denotes permission, privilege, power, rule, control, influence. And there are two Greek words. I might have that up there, two Greek words. Um, Well, it's not up there. So you take it in your own notes. The first Greek word is dunamis, uh, meaning power to do something. He had power. He had authority and power. That was divine. The source of his authority was from the Lord God, the Father, right? And remember Matthew 28 said, all authority has been given unto me. Right there at the Great Commission. Remember that? How much authority? All authority. In the Greek and the Hebrew, all means all. And so the two Greek words, dunamis, and then there's excusia. uh, uh, And that means authority or power or the right to do something. So not just the power to do it, but the privilege, the right to do it. Because he is the one in authority. And so a person has authority, ability to give direction to other people. That authority is limited to areas, but Jesus' authority is more comprehensive. It is. it is authority from heaven. Amen? And now he's in a culture, where a religious culture with a bunch of religious leaders who are, are all about authority, right? The scribes, the Pharisees, all these people, the pecking order, they love the fact that they are in control. And then even Roman rule. There's the Roman authorities, Right? So Jesus walks into that. He's about to show out his authority over all things. It surpasses all of our authorities. As he said, all authority is given to me. And he demonstrates it very well. Uh, One example is in Matthew 8. Matthew 8, 5 through 13. If you want to look there, we find a good example of authority. It's the Roman centurion who came to Jesus asking for the healing of a servant. When Jesus asked about going to the centurion's home to heal The servant, the centurion, responded with a statement on authority. Okay? said, you don't have to go to my house. He was a man who was uh, himself under authority and had others under his own authority. And when he gave orders to those under him, they were uh, ordered to carry it out. And it was simple as that. He received his orders from those over him, and he carried them out. So the centurion knew that with authority comes the right to command. And he said, you don't have to come to my house, Lord. Just send a word and my servant will be healed. And how many know the Lord did? The Lord did send a word and his servant was healed from that moment. So, um, so this is power. Power to see that the commands are carried out and the centurion didn't just say this to brag about his own authority. He was acknowledging that he recognized the authority of Jesus and Jesus had both the right uh, and the privilege uh, and the power to give healing to his servant. That could exercise the power. Uh, he also had authority in teaching. Um, uh, he teaches with power uh, and parables and prophetic teachings. He's, a, he's the Messiah. John said, "There's one coming. He is the Messiah." And so, as the uh, news got spread about the authority of Jesus, as he's speaking in the synagogue last week, we left off in Luke four. Remember when he uh, he went into the synagogue? They were amazed at his teaching. Because he spoke as one had authority who was speaking greater than the scribes and the Pharisees. He had more understanding and knowledge than the scribes and the Pharisees. So they were happy about it in Nazareth, his hometown. Like this is one of us. And look how smart he is. Until he went into the synagogue, sat in the Messiah's chair and said, This day these scriptures are fulfilled in your presence. And they were blown away. What a audacity that this man have. He speaks with authority. He sits down in the Messiah's chair as if he is the king of glory. And we know that he was. They didn't have any idea, right? But he was. And so then he starts to rebuke them and tell them, you know, that that, uh, the Jewish people neglected and rejected God. And he starts really... Uh, bringing a reproach uh, uh, like a rebuke to the people and they turned so much against Jesus there at, at, uh, at that moment they rushed him out of town ready to push him off the cliff but somehow the Lord you know escapes that situation and gets out of there so that's the entry that's his beginning of his ministry his authority is being spread and and uh, he, he had authority in teaching Mark chapter 1 Luke chapter 4 those are places where you'll see that. And uh, he, he con- concluded the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7, verse 28. The people were astonished at his doctrine, for he, th- he taught them as one having authority. He taught with authority. What does that mean? Well, in their culture, that meant that he quoted nobody. So the religious leader, the scribes and the Pharisees, every time they quoted the rabbis, when they quoted some, they they said some source of information, they said that came from Gamaliel or that came from the rabbi, this guy or that guy or this commentary or that commentary. But Jesus never quoted from anybody. He spoke with his own authority. And they sensed that. Isn't that powerful tonight to know that he had not... The need to quote from anybody else—he was God in the flesh, speaking under his own authority that came from his father—and uh, this truth from uh, not from some eminent rabbi. He didn't say this it was it was an exposition from somebody else. He spoke with authority, and and he didn't have credentials with the Sanhedrin. So the ones who were in authority, the Sanhedrin, they would get you would get permission. To speak. And you would speak on behalf of somebody else who had authority. But not Jesus. He didn't have credentials. He didn't go to rabbinical school. He learned. uh, Because he was learning from Joseph and Mary. Obviously. And from the synagogue he learned. And even at 12. Remember last week he blew the minds of all the great leaders. And those in authority. At 12. So now he's 30. Now he's 30. How many know there's a whole lot of learning between 12 and 30. And he's anointed, and he's already uh, taken authority over Satan. Get thee behind me, Satan. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. It's really wild because he is God. He's God in the flesh, and he's not going to succumb uh, to man. He's not going to have to answer to man because he, he is God. And he's in authority. He didn't have to push it. He didn't have to tell everybody. Uh, And he taught with one who had authority, with power. Uh, Like I said, there's about 40 parables. We gave you a handout. Uh, Well, I think there's a a, a slide with some parables, maybe seven parables. Let's see. Um, 40 parables, 40 miracles. Can you slide that next slide, brother? Uh, He has authority over there was go further and see if there's a a slide about parables there you go some miracles and parables so he spoke he spoke parables so that they can understand his teaching that didn't really get going until about the middle of his ministry he did speak in some parables to bring clarity to the people like they didn't quite understand where he was coming from the interpretation okay and so he had to speak in parables to make what he's saying clear. On his miracles, though, there's seven different kinds of miracles. Obviously, 40 or more, 42, some say. But, but he fed thousands of people, the feeding of the 5,000. Remember that miracle? How many, how many loaves of bread and, and fish did he have? Two fish, five loaves of bread, and fed 15,000 people. How many know that's a miracle? That's, that's beyond a miracle, Right? And so he cast out spirits. He had authority over that. He healed the blind, the deaf, the sick, the injured, the infirm. Turned water into wine. He controlled the water and other elements of nature. The wind and the seas obeyed him. The waves shushed and stopped. Right? And so he feeds 4,000. He feeds 15,000 or 5,000. He caught a surprisingly large large amount of fish. We talked about that Sunday night in young adults. 153 fish. They actually counted them, I guess. I don't know what the point of that was, except that they needed to know that they couldn't catch anything, and then all of a sudden Jesus cast, cast your net on the other side, and they catch 153 fish. Right? Not to mention the fish he already had on the grill. I don't know where they came from. What about the fish? What about the fish that he he he? They said who we pay taxes to? He goes and they go and they get a, a fish, and he and fish had hit the amount of money he needed for the taxes was in the fish's mouth. I mean, oh that's a miracle. That's a miracle. I hope if the taxes keep being raised, we can go fishing and find all the money we need in the fish's mouth. Raise people from the dead, including himself. So some scholars don't count uh, the resurrection. Some don't count the ascension. They don't count uh, all the miracles that he did in his own life. But, But all those things are miracles. He raised Lazarus from the dead. He was friends with Mary and Martha. At Bethany, and we looked at the map, so you can go back now, go back to the other spot on on um, teaching with parables uh, yes, ma 'am yes yes and uh, and and these fishermen. Well, or quite versed in fishing, how I mean know oh, they knew how to fish. This was their career, but they fished all night and caught nothing and And yet the Lord comes and says, "Hey, hey, try it again, <laughs> you know, try it again." And and different times he would call him into the boat, and he'd push the boat out, and and uh, and for different reasons. Maybe the crowds were so large he had no more room on the shore, or maybe for amplification off the water and against the banks, you know, or whatever, or whatever to get to get amplification for the large crowds. Uh, But how many know it's a miracle just that that many people could hear him? Now we know this. We know that a lot of the crowds only followed him for what they could get. Fish and bread. Right? Fish and chips. That's what they follow the Lord for, to see what they can get out of him. But he's He's mesmerizing them with his teaching. And uh, he said many times, you heard that it was said, but what? But I say unto you. So what he's saying is, you've heard a lot of authority speak, but I'm the one speaking to you, and I have authority over all things. Listen to me, he says. My source of authority, comes from the Lord, from Father, right? And so he blew them away with his doctrines. And uh, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verse 22, in Capernaum, he taught, and they were astonished at his doctrines. Uh, Verse 27, they were all amazed in so much as the question among themselves, what is is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commands he even uh, the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. Unclean spirits, demons. Uh, so he has authority over the invisible world. He has all authority, right? In heaven and in earth and under the earth, all authority. And I think that you know we're 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 beating a dead horse here. I just need you to catch it to teach whatever he wanted to teach, and footnote no one. He didn't have to quote anybody. Everything he said was original. So a lot of a lot of people were blown away. That this man speaking from his own authority. It's powerful. He had authority to cast out devils. Tremendous authority. He had authority to forgive sins. To forgive sins. Let's keep going and see what else is I put up there. I just want you all to take some notes if you wanted to. Um, he did many miracles and spoke many parables so that they can get the message. And the message was the kingdom of God. That was the message, right? And when they heard the king and the God, the first one, when he was in Jerusalem, the first one to hear that when he was in Jerusalem doing miracles and different teachings uh, and people were gathering in the beginning, early days, was a guy by the name of Nicodemus who was part of the Sanhedrin. And what did he do? He came to him at night. Why do you think he came at night? He's a secret agent man, right? He's a secret agent Christian. He, he wasn't sure, maybe. That's, some scholars believe maybe he didn't want everybody in the Sanhedrin, his religious leaders, to find out he's speaking with this guy. So, wh- what did they think about Jesus? What was their perception? He blasphemous. Who is this guy? Who does he think he is? He's speaking like his, with his own authority. Does he think he's Messiah? I heard that over in Nazareth, he sat in the Messiah chair. Isn't this Joseph and Mary's son? So Joseph wasn't mentioned at the Cana of Galilee at the wedding. He wasn't there. Some scholars believe he might have already been gone that quickly. And although he says, even though they say, isn't this Joseph and Mary's son? What they're saying is they, they always referred to the parents, that they always used the parents. So Joseph might have already been gone, and Jesus is stepping up to the plate, He's only got three and a half years. So as we breeze through our last class here, 30 more minutes or so, 45 together, we got you, we, you've you got to know a lot of stuff is happening in the first part of his Galilean ministry. And then he, there's four Passovers, four Passovers he goes to. One he didn't get to go to, the third one, but he did. The fourth one was when he went and uh, and crucified, right, the trial and all that so the so the first one is twelve years old. the second one he turns the tables. Now listen, I want, you, I want to talk about the turning of the tables because to me that was pretty incredible, powerful, authoritative action. Nobody goes to the temple without authority from the chief priest and the sanhedrin. You don't have authority to go in there. There's so many authorities in there. I mean, there's priests for everything. There's the four, 24 priests. There's the head priest, And then there's priests over everything that had to be done. Kind of like, you know, the Levites and, and all the care that has to be given. Somebody's over the incense. Somebody's over the bread. Somebody's over this. I mean, there's so many people in authority. And here comes Jesus from Nazareth with no credential, without any permission from the Sanhedrin. And he walks in there and first thing he does is he flips over the tables of the money changers and he starts <laughs> rebuking them. He makes a whip. <laughs> I mean, how about that? How many, how many of you think that he got the attention of the leaders, of the religious leaders? What kind of man is this? To come in here to the church and start flipping over tables and telling everybody that they need to. And so the Bible says that judgment starts in the house of the Lord. If he's going to be a minister in the house of God, if he's going to be the Messiah, the first thing he's got to do is cleanse the temple. The first thing he has to do. That's the first thing he did do. And boy, did he come in like a, I mean, like a wrecking ball. And so he has authority. And then he has authority over over the Sabbath. Boy, what big controversies came up. Healing on the Sabbath, doing things on the Sabbath. I mean, there were so many little laws in the Mishnah, you know, that they, that they made to protect the Sabbath, that they almost religiously, like you couldn't even crack an egg on Shabbat no work at all which was, was not the intention how you know god's always at work hey hey he's saying i am god i have all authority i never stop working he wasn't trying to break the rule he knew the original intent of the law the other religious leaders began to make rules and lose The power of the original intent of the law. So Jesus is coming to set all that in order. Isn't that something? It boggles my mind that he comes in. And and people begin to believe. Why do you think he had a quick following? Has anybody else done this before? And don't you know that the people knew the hypocrisy of the leaders and the religious leaders? They knew it. They were being ripped off. They were bringing sacrifice for their sins to the temple. And the religious leaders were saying, you know what? Your sacrifice is not good enough. Come and buy mine. Your little spotless lamb has too many spots. Buy mine. It was a money-making operation. Corruption had set in to the house of the Lord. Can I ask you folks something? Does anybody believe corruption has set in to religion in our day? Help us, Lord. And John the Baptist, he went in front of him, and how many know he was a voice crying in the wilderness? Get your heart ready. Israel, repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. So Jesus comes in, he's preaching, Repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And the signs and wonders are following. And John's gospel, he's trying to show everybody that he's deity, he's really God. That's his point. This is God. And he's coming to tell you about the kingdom. He is Messiah. He's here. And these signs are following. These signs are showing proof that he has power and authority over all things. Incredible. Any thoughts so far? Matthew 9, 1 through 8, we find the story of the paralyzed man brought to Jesus by his friends. Remember that? And he told them that they lowered him through the roof. No room. Mark says there was no room to even get in the door, right? Chapter 2 of Mark. And so they lower him through the roof, and and Jesus heals him. Uh, he challenged by the religious elite of the day who, who equated sin with sickness. He healed a man to demonstrate his authority not only to heal, but to forgive sins. Now we've come to the apex of the problem. Who is this man that he even thinks... He has authority that only belongs to God. Now, how many know the religious leaders were right? Only God can forgive sin. But they didn't realize there was God in their midst. He said, what is easier for me to say, your sins be forgiven? Or, or, or be healed? Or, or, you know. He's saying, I am the Lord. I have authority over life. I have authority over sickness. I have authority over death. I have authority over everything. All things are under my feet. And they didn't like that. And demons. Remember when he came? And he came first early on in Galilee. And the demons saw him coming. And they said, Jesus, are you coming to torment us? Are you coming to judge? How many you know even the devil knew that he was Jesus? Satan and all of his underground imps and demons and spiritual invisible forces knew that Jesus was God and called him by name. But Jesus didn't go into a 12-step deliverance program. He didn't go into this psychological uh, gobble gook to try to talk him out of being demon-possessed. I mean, no, you don't talk and you don't meander and you don't negotiate with devils. Just get in there and say, come out in Jesus' name. They was calling on Jesus. Here's what Jesus didn't want. He didn't want demons to reveal his deity before he really got to telling everybody else. So he shut that devil down as fast as those devils ran. How many know at the name of Jesus, demons have to flee? He had a power over them. Then he goes over to the the, uh, Gadarenes. Remember that? And they had this guy that came out, he was bug naked. You know what that is? No clothes on. <laughs> anyway, he comes out there, he saws. Him. Uh, remember the, the storm? Don't forget the storm. Jesus said, Get in the boat. We're gonna go to the other side. Remember that? What happened in the middle? A storm. See, they were, they were, the way it was logistically, it was, it was off, you know, there was, there was winds that came in off, off the mountain there, mountainous area, and would break up a storm real quick-like. And those boys knew that. They'd been in storms before, but evidently this storm was a massive one. And let's, by the way, pray for Florida, right, about to get hit today. Maybe already hit, I don't know. Hopefully it went from a 4 to a 2 or down lower 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 nobody could get hurt. I mean no, the Lord can stop the winds. But this was hurricane force winds. And they thought they were going to die. And what was Jesus doing? Sleeping. He's sleeping. The audacity of Jesus to be asleep when we're all dying. I'm going to tell you pastor Mark as a pastor in our culture, some days I wonder if the Lord's not sleeping while all this foolishness is going on in our culture, Lord, wake up. How many thinks you would have woke up the Lord? They didn't want to wake him up. Would you wake him up? I wouldn't tell Jesus what to do. He was sleeping. You know why he was sleeping? Because he's God. He's not worried about it. And they shouldn't have been worried about it either. You know why? Because Jesus told them to get in the boat. We're going to the other side. How many know, listen, if you don't get nothing else tonight, learn this. If Jesus tells you to get in this boat, you're going to the other side of this lake. I don't care what happens in the middle. Jesus said, we're going to the other side. How many thinks we're going to get to the other side? That's the gospel. When they got to the other side, you know the miracle. uh, He spoke to the winds, and even he had authority over nature. Authority over nature. Creation. Winds, seas, stop. Be silent. And there they went. And they were blown away. They were blown away at his authority. Then he gets there and that, that man comes out of the graves, out of the rocks. And he comes over there and he calls out on Jesus. And again, Jesus does a number on him. Cleanses him. And these demons start a dialogue with Jesus. You read it. They knew he was God. How is it that we can't find out who he is when even the demons knew? And he they knew he came to judge them, and he's he's about to give authority over them. And he had the authority to put them in punishment forever, right? I said, Wasn't he God over everything? Couldn't he put them where they belong early? But he didn't want to. So the demons said, Could you do something else with us? There's a bunch of pigs over there. Jews didn't like pigs. It wasn't kosher. Some 2,000 Jews. He said, what's your name? Jesus said he, said, he said, my name is Legion. A Legion in the Roman army is like 6,000 soldiers. I don't know how many demons was in this one man. But it went, but it went into 2,000 pigs. Are, y- are y'all hearing me? So those pigs come off the cliff and drowned in the water. And then the Bible says he sat there in his right mind and fully clothed. I don't know how many questions y'all have tonight, but I just want to know where the clothes come from. Man had no clothes. <laughs> if he can heal him, he can bring him clothes, can't he? Surely he can. Kathy, you had your hand up? That's the truth. Yes, that's the truth. And Jesus is not afraid of demons. He's not even afraid of the head demon, Satan. He told him earlier in his beginning, when he was tempted, get thee behind me. You don't have any power over me. You can't tell me what to do. His own mother couldn't tell him what to do. I mean, oh, you got to have power if you tell mama you ain't doing something. Right. Yeah. Yes, who's that? absolutely great point we're gonna we're gonna come back to that because because satan wanted to go and try you know uh job remember that but what ha- god had a what a hedge of protection around job satan can't do nothing to god's creation that god doesn't give him permission to do that ought to give us shouting victory and power and authority in jesus name somebody else had a hand i think somewhere over here uh, or maybe it was Ricky over here. Pigs are dead, demons are dead. That's all I can think of. I, I don't know. I don't know. But I do know that he was in his right mind, and uh, and and they were dead and therefore destroyed. Demons are destroyed, right? Bottom of the lake of Gennesaret. I don't know where they are. But what happened as a result of that miracle? Or that deliverance? Or all of that activity? What happened in the, in the, in the town of Gennesaret? Oh, they were mad at Jesus. They were mad at Jesus. Why? Because all pigs all died. Now they had no money. That was their source of income. That was their source of income. So Jesus is raising all kinds of havoc. And the more he would do, the more authority, the more power he'd show and reveal himself in truth and teaching. and beatitudes. attitudes. I mean, the Sermon on the Mount, he starts teaching. Crowds, and I mean massive crowds, says he went to the mountain and he sat down and he began to teach. He sat down in the boat and began to teach. He cast out devils. He shut down the wind. He, and, and the people were getting aggravated and then... And then they they kept following because they couldn't deny one thing. This man is from God. What they didn't know was, this man was God. Isn't that crazy? Who had their hand up? Yes, sir. I, I didn't hear you. Well, that's the truth yeah he could have done anything he could have one thing he wouldn't have done is had a pig feast because right? he wouldn't have had a pig feast because we know Jews didn't eat pigs <laughs> so so we know what he didn't do. We just don't know what he did do <laughs> that's right that's right and so he's he's teaching, he's exercising authority he is, he's pe- preaching the kingdom, establishing the power to rule within the kingdom. And, and yet, it's not exactly what we would expect, is it? Because they were expecting a leader to come in with rule and power and authority, take care of these hypocrites and religious leaders. As, uh, as, as John the Baptist didn't play, pull any punches, he told it just like you vipers, you snakes. Jesus came with that same authority and uh, without any credentials from the Sanhedrin and laid it down. Man, he, he spoke it. Uh, because he knew they weren't going to be able to kill him because he had a mission. Jesus wasn't going to die one second before it was his time. So they can threaten him. They can do what they want. A storm could come. Malchus could come after him. All the soldiers could come. Remember when they came after him? We would save that for the spring. But man, he just stood up and they all just went, Ooh, what power. What authority. I mean, have you ever been in an anointed place of service and someone speaks an anointed word and all of a sudden everybody just hushes with the power and the anointing and the authority? Can you imagine being in the place where Jesus is speaking? In the place where Jesus is moving in his power and authority. And, 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 and the woman with the issue of blood, she just, she just comes and she touches the hem of his garment and boom a power just exuded from him it just was all over him and 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 i and i think that sometimes we read the text and we go through the bible the new testament and there's so many testimonies there's so many miracles there's so many Uh, parables and teachings and and he teaches on the kingdom he teaches on on divorce he teaches on remarriage he he teaches on adultery catches the woman caught in adultery and when they think they should stone her he does the opposite he flipped it he flipped their world around he flipped their world around we need authority who's going to come in and take care of these Romans and he comes in and says hey love your enemies what? Almost a letdown to the disciples, especially the Essenes and and those kinds of people, rebels who are ready to fight at the drop of a hat, right? This is going to be this is going to be our time. Messiah is here. I heard Messiah's here. That's when Andrew, when he got saved, he told his brother Peter, "Hey, Eureka, I've found the Messiah. Finally, we get to win. We're going to take over those Romans. We're going to defeat him. He's the leader." And Jesus comes into humility and yet he speaks with such power and anointing and authority and they just can't figure Jesus out. Have you? I don't figure yet. Yes. Jess? Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Well, Jesus also just, as he came in, he didn't pull that trump card, did he? Because it wasn't time for that. He's not coming at this time as the judge. He's not coming this time as the judge. He's coming as what? Savior. Savior. So when he goes into the colonnades and turns over the tables and all, he's saying, hey, you're stopping people from finding God. You're corrupting the church. You've turned this place, a house of prayer, into a den of thieves. I mean, he is hot as a firecracker. And so when you picture the lowly Jesus, you know, humble and sweet, uh, it's hard to imagine him with a whip and telling everybody just how the cow's going to chew the cabbage. Yes, ma'am. Threatened. Threatened. They, well, yeah. Yeah, well, they got their own authority, their own way, right? They made themselves kings and priests. But Jesus came to make you and I kings and priests. Now listen, we hadn't got to the end of the story yet, but I'm going to give it to you before we leave. I mean, know? Oh, <laughs> he came as one with authority to set things in order. He, he fulfilled every righteous requirement of the law. He made all the Passovers. He did all the ceremonies, all the baptisms. He made it and he made it righteous because they had corrupted it. And he's setting it all in order. It's a powerful. If you look at the gospel and you see the progression, especially Luke tries to keep it. I think Luke tries to keep it chronological. And you can try, if you're handouts, you can try to see what happened next after next after next. We couldn't go through every event in this class. I just wanted to hit on the high spots. He has authority. See what else we got there, brother. He has authority over. He taught about authority and he delegated authority. Is that the last slide? He delegated authority. Authority it says, the Father has sent me, so send I you. Peter, I give you the keys of the kingdom: whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Can you imagine having that kind of authority Unint- uh, uh, unintimidated by any religious leader? I want you to understand, these religious leaders had uh, status, pecking order. They all had different little hats. Little hats. They all had, I wish they had a bunch of hats. I don't have any hats, but they had hats. I mean, uh, if they had a little, they had a little round hat, you was with these bunch of priests. If you had the pointed hat like Caiaphas, you was with the you the big, big headed priest. And, and they were all wearing these hats. Jesus didn't even have a hat. He had no hat. He had no place to lay his head. He had no degree. And yet he has more power than all of them put together. Wow. Oh, my Jesus. I just want to lift my hands and worship him right now. How about you? Come on, let's do that. Let's just worship the Lord. Father, you are God. You're God all by yourself. You're God alone. You're worthy. All authority. All authority. You you gave all authority to us, God, as the Father gave all authority to you. You gave us the ability, the right, the commission as your followers to continue the work that you started. And you said, greater works, even greater works shall we do. What? We love you tonight, God. I mean, by the time Jesus got to Judea, it's already been about eight months. He grew in popularity. So the first part of his ministry was the, the area uh, they, they call the period of inauguration. He, he's inaugurating his ministry, starting his ministry. The king is coming to town. That's why John was preaching that Jesus is coming. The king is coming. And here he came. And here he came. And his own received him not. They did not recognize him. In fact, he made him more and more aggravated every time. And he was messing with them bad, he was threatening them in their authority and uh, and then and then it goes further. Uh, he knew the Pharisees heard of of the growing support, so he left Judea and went back to Galilee. He chose to go to Samaria Ma- meets the woman at the well wasn't that powerful and she alone testifies to us that that Samaritans had no clue they were Jews and heathen Mixed. And they didn't worship in the temple. They weren't even allowed to the temple in Jerusalem. And they, they worship on the mountains. So they just stayed just all confused. And Jesus goes, says, I must needs go to Samaria. You know what Jesus did? Whatever he wanted to. You should write that in the margin of your Bible. Say, Pastor Ron, quote of the week. Quote of the week. Jesus did whatever he wanted to. He went where he wanted, when he wanted, how he wanted, to whom he wanted. And he did whatever he wanted. And he had to go to Samaria to talk to that girl. One lady. One man, Zacchaeus. Come on down. One man, Nicodemus. One. Somehow he passed by all the crowds. He saw them and he moved with compassion because they were what? Sheep without a shepherd. And what did he call himself in John 10? The great shepherd of the sheep. They weren't looking for a shepherd, Chris. They were looking for a military leader. And he came as a lowly shepherd. Yes. No, but they were trying to trap him. They were trying to kill him. At first they weren't, and then it got worse, and then they were. Then they tried to question him. By what? Here's the question. By what authority are you doing these things? It was an authority issue. It was always an authority issue. By what authority? He said, he said, <laughs> he said if, I'll answer your question if you'll answer mine. Remember that? I'll answer your question if you'll answer mine. What a brilliant Jesus. He messed them up so bad. He said to them, uh, "Hey, John the Baptist, was he from God or from man?" Oh, what are they going to say to that, Taylor? If they say he was from man, the whole crowd would stone them all. He's John. He's Elijah. Come back, right? If they say, if he says from uh, God, then they have to submit to his authority. He said, they didn't answer him. So he said, you answer not me, neither do I answer you. I owe you nothing. I owe you nothing. And you owe me everything. Wow. Yes, Kathy. Yes, yes. Absolutely. He, he came to tell them, you perverted the truth. I am the truth. Absolutely. We are smack dab in the middle of the gospel tonight right here. I know it was fast. And I know we're not through. But how many know we're in the middle of the gospel? We didn't read something about something. We're reading the gospel. We're talking about the events that actually happened. This is not some historical Jesus that they're trying to prove existed. This is God. He's always been God. He's always had authority. Did he just get authority at the the baptism? No, he's always had authority. He had authority in the beginning over creation. Amen. So, So God... He was God. He is God and he will be God. And they just they just didn't it just didn't register. And I think about all of the things that he did. The woman when he went to Matthew's house and the woman came in. All the religious leaders were there. Not everybody was invited, but sinners were there and then some Pharisees and religious leaders were there and you know, special hat people. party hats they were all there and this woman comes in a sinner we don't have to get into detail tonight You know you know the story and she's standing by him and she's weeping her tears are falling on his feet she noticed dust she noticed a tear hits his feet and the dust begins to spread into mud here's the first question why is jesus's feet have dust and mud on them. How many thinks Matthew should have washed his feet? Somebody should have washed a master's feet, but they didn't understand. So this lady, sinners, tax collectors, can I tell you, harlots and tax collectors were the scum of the earth. And yet he he gravitates to them and he eliminates the leader, the religious He said, you think you got it, and they don't. But I'm here to tell you, they're getting it, and you're not. Oh, what a reversal. What a grand reversal. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. She washes his feet with her hair. And then he tells Matthew, I came to your house, and you never washed my feet. You never even shed a tear. You never even shed a tear, Matthew. And you religious leaders. And yet this woman, she weeps over me. Over my head, she anoints my head. She weeps. And with her hair, because she don't even own a cloth. She washes my feet with her hair. And then she has perfume. Expensive perfume. And all of you, and, and, and Judas, Judas, you called it a waste but I called it worship. You see the dichotomy of the contrast. They didn't just did; they just couldn't comprehend. He came to his own, and his own comprehended him. Not they didn't. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And Jesus said, what? Sabbath wasn't made for man. Man wasn't made for the Sabbath. He got it all mixed up. He said, you're tithing and mint and all you're doing all emotions and you're missing it. You're you're swallowing, swallowing camels and and, and, and it's just you, you, you're choking on 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 small things and, and missing the big moments. You're missing it. Yes. Who's? Who had something over here? Yeah, Mark. They hindered people, especially Gentiles and women, from getting to this colonnades in Solomon Solomon's court. But pastor, didn't they have two turning of the tables? Didn't he cleanse the temple twice? I want I to go there. I want to go there, because it's Passover. He goes to the temple the second time. It's massive. People are everywhere. People are everywhere. Two hundred thousand in town. Maybe at Passover, five hundred thousand, half a million people. They're everywhere. You can't go anywhere. And this is his his uh, second time into. This is the second time into Passover, to the feast. And he's sitting there and he's, and he's teaching and he's boggling their minds and he's rebuking and cleansing and telling all of these things to the big hatted guys. And they just can't, they just, they just, they are getting madder and madder by the minute. Now they're at the boiling point. They would be mad hatters. That's exactly what they were. And I think and I and I have to think, Pastor Mark, Jesus was enjoying the whole thing. I don't know, maybe not. But it was a it was he was a reproach to them. He was a thorn in their flesh. As was John the Baptist. And the reason they killed John beheaded him. Get rid of that guy. Get rid of that guy. Yes. It is, it is a great word. In fact, Jesus Christ is the glory of God the Father. He was in their midst. And, 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 yeah. The glory. And, and after Jesus resurrected and the church got started, they, they killed James too. And Jesus said, what they've done to me, beware. What they've done to me. But wait, wait. But wait, there's more. The Father has given me authority, and I'm going to give that authority to you. And he sends out the 12, and then he sends out the 70, and there's all kinds of activity going on. He said, demons are subject to us, and the sick are healed, and the dead are raised, and all kinds of things are happening in the name of Jesus. So now now the, the Lord is multiplying his ministry kingdom is advancing and his teaching is is unbelievable he's teaching everybody uh, you know destroy this temple in three days show me a sign the, the religious had said show me a sign he said you want a sign destroy this body and uh, this temple which he meant his body destroy this body and uh, this temple in three days i'll have it resurrected but they didn't get it they didn't make the connection the correlation between the temple and his body they just couldn't see it. And, and, and you know, I want to say that I probably would have seen it. But I felt so, so, you know, I felt so dumb when I went to Israel. It wasn't even funny. I don't even feel very smart tonight. Yes, ma'am. What's that? No, they didn't want to see it. And they didn't want anybody else to see it. I was going to say a minute ago, Pastor Mark, the money was the root of the evil. The love of the money was the root of the evil because they wanted the money. It's much like the relics. It's much like relics. You gotta light a candle, now you gotta do this, you gotta do that, you gotta crawl on glass. How many no? It's all about manna. And Jesus said you can't serve God and manna. Yes, ma'am. I thought you had your hand up. No, we don't. Many times, Pentecostals even, do not live to the potential. They live below their potential in God. Yes, ma'am. Truly, truly in the messianic kingdom, she says, even after the the millennial reign, a thousand years, there'll still be people. There'll still be people. Who will go with the enemy when he's when Satan is loosed after a thousand years. Craziness. Yes, Jim. The religious people didn't accept him, but the common people heard him and accepted him. Because Jesus made himself available. You couldn't get a priest to come to your house from a million miles. You didn't have enough money. But Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come on down. I'm going to your house, buddy. Hey, Matthew, you tax collector, everybody hates you. You're the scum of the earth. But I'm going to your house. And they hated him for it. Mark, you had your hand up. Yes, Yes, and you have to believe in your heart, as Romans says, chapter 10, and, and confess with your mouth your words, right? And so it's, it's, it's just uh, what's frustrating about trying to teach all of this as, as Nicodemus tried to come, and, and uh, even here as a Sanhedrin, both Nicodemus and uh, Joseph of Arimathea, who heard and could not deny because they knew the law in an impeccable way. They knew Jesus was telling the truth. You couldn't deny it. You had to, you had to falsify it. You had to try to eliminate it. Uh, Pilate could find no wrong. Herod could find no wrong. But yet they traded Jesus for a murdering Barabbas. I'm not going to get to next year. But how me know, next year we're going to pick it up. Hopefully you'll read the Bible before next year. But, But I'm just telling you, it's coming. It's kind of like a long, this shall be continued, okay? Yes, Jonathan. Truly, Jonathan. And if you remember when he came walking on the water, there he was, and they didn't recognize him. You know why one thing that will stop you from recognizing Jesus? Fear. They were so gripped with fear over death, fear of dying, that they couldn't see the living. Here's the living God, but all they could see was a dying man. And a dying man took the place... Of a living God. And, and, and all they could see was a Messiah who was going to redeem them. Uh, and give them leadership. And even at the last supper. The sons of Zebedee. The mom came. And they said, hey boys, my boys want authority. Can you give my boys authority? Can they sit at the right and the left when you come into your kingdom? So they knew he was coming into some kind of kingdom. And Jesus said, you don't even know what you're asking. Can your boys drink the cup that I'm going to drink of? And yes, Jonathan, he always reminded them of what's coming. He knew what was coming. And in the garden, he knew what was coming. And in the wilderness, he knew what was coming. And at the baptism, he knew what was coming. In the cradle, he knew what was coming. In the preexistent Jesus, he knew what was coming. He was God in the beginning. And he's God at the end. And he's God all the way in between. He's God. And you know what? He knows. Sunday night we were talking about Peter and, uh, and Peter uh, John 21, and I'm close, I'm going to go home right now. I know you're ready but but Jesus said uh, uh, Peter we were talking about Peter and he said, dude, do, do, you, do you love me?" Because Peter was really down on himself, discouraged because he denied the Lord three times, and he went back to fishing to his father's uh, fishing nets because it seemed like there was no hope. Messiah's gone, he's dead. Jesus said, "Do you love me do you love me?" So, Lord, you know I love you. And then He said, um, "You know what, um, Peter, <laughs> you're right. When you were young, He said, you went about and you did whatever you want, young and full of energy. And when you get older, they're going to take your arms and stretch them out, and you're going to..." And He spoke concerning Peter's death. But Christy and I were talking. And we said, Jesus had the ability to see His failure and His future at the same time. So tonight, if you don't feel all close to Jesus, I many know. all you do is repent and say, Jesus, come into my heart. All you got to do is say, Jesus, I've fallen away. I've walked away. I, I don't feel close to you. Come, Jesus, Jesus. Uh, Peter said, uh, bid me come. And Jesus said what? Come. All ye who are heavy laden, burdened, come unto me, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me. Learn from me. I hope this series, in just these four classes, I hope it has drawn an appetite to you to get so close to Jesus. Jesus cho- chose 12. Out of the 12, he had three that were a bit more Im- intimate with him. And they had faith. That's why he goes into the, lady, the little girl that he raised from the dead. And, and he said, everybody out, all the mourners, all the professionals we prayed uh, that were praying here, that we paid to pray and to mourn. You had to pay people. I mean, oh, that's pretty sad. you got to pay people to cry at your funeral. That's what they were doing, professional mourners. He said, all of y'all get out. You don't really care about these people anyway. Get out. It's all about money to you. He said, Peter, James, John, come on in. They were there at the Mount of Transfiguration where his glory was revealed again. Right? They were there. And then there was one. And then there was one. John. The one, not that loved Jesus, the Bible says, the one that Jesus loved. Man, at the end of the day, you know what, it's been a joy to be your pastor if I croak tomorrow. There's something I want to hear. I would love to hear the Lord's words. There goes Ronnie Moran. The one I. We always talk about us loving him. But we never can fathom that he really loves us. He loves you. He loves you. Therefore, no devil's going to get you. No sickness is going to overtake you. There's no catastrophic thing that's going to harm you. No, 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 no. No president's going to bother you. No financial crisis is going to depress you. You are the king's kid. I said, we are here. We got victory. Because Jesus walked in power and authority and victory all the way to the cross. And then he was elevated to the highest place. Nobody's ever gone lower than Jesus. And nobody's been lifted higher than Jesus. And here's what he said. If if I be lifted up, I would draw all men unto me. I pray this whole series has brought a a, a fascination in your heart.